0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit juvederm.com. That's J U V E D E R M.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it, Bombas.
4: welcome to the it's become a whole thing podcast with me your host emily rose where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed we'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines join me Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose. And when you're listening to this, I will be uh, in beautiful British Columbia, which, for for those of you uh, not familiar with the Canadian landscape, it's on the West Coast. Its signature in the sort of like government literature, Oliver Signs, is the most beautiful place on earth. Um, Before I had lived there, I thought that was kind of smug and like reaching a bit but then i spent uh enough time there that i was like okay i i think it's actually true so yeah i'm gonna be uh gallivanting around going to a wedding doing work things going on a hiking trip which i am sorely unqualified <laughs> unqualified to do completely unqualified um i am going with a friend who told me about three months ago to get into shape for this um, he's in very good shape and doesn't mess around and doesn't sugarcoat things. Uh, I, I did nothing with that, so I will keep you posted. But in the midst of me gallivanting around, I'll still be putting out podcasts, putting out Patreon episodes. You know, just 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 doing my thing, keeping a steady stream of content coming from us here at Whole Thing Industries. And of course, by us, I always mean me and my overheating laptop. Uh, So have I got a treat for you guys today. I have Reb Mazel from TikTok. She is an attorney. She is incredible. So fucking funny. Um, She's one of the first accounts that I ended up following on TikTok. And I'm not alone. I think she has, as of now, about 1.1 million followers. And I love how if you take a snapshot of her content, like if you just saw one video, you could be seeing like the series that she's known for, which she reads funny court transcripts um, with upside-down sunglasses. Or you could see a snapshot of her using her experience as a lawyer to advocate for marginalized populations and give us handy advice for tangible things we can do in our lives to help. Uh, and hilariously roasting bigots, um, which, you know, we love that. We love all of that. Like, all of our multitudes are allowed to exist side by side, which is like, it's in the intro of this podcast, but it's like, it's there as a mission statement and also as a reminder to myself. But people like Reb just, they help me remember that this is very much allowed. And also like to just... (laughs) give less fucks, like seeing her content regularly, chatting with her. um, Yeah, just great overall reminder to take my collection of remaining fucks that I have and see if I can just, you know, toss them out of the window until there are simply none left. I think I'm well on my way. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was such a good conversation. We got into debunking all kinds of myths about the law, all kinds of... Popular misconceptions people had about famous cases, um, the McDonald's case that we all grew up with about the woman suing McDonald's for hot coffee. We we get into how um, mismarketed that was to say the least. I'll, I'll let the episode speak for itself. We do that. We cover the O.J. Simpson trial. Um, it just left me revitalized. Uh, it was such a good conversation. I mean, like all I need in life are strong, intelligent women around me that make me laugh. Like that is my vital life force. I mean, also the gays and theys, um, also a little treat every few hours and a constant supply of external validation, you know, simple. That That's all I need. That's all I need. I'm just, I'm just a simple gal. Uh, so talking to Rep reminded me of something that I've, I've had on my mind for a while about just my content and my, I don't know, I guess you could call it contributions to society. Basically, I think most of you know, or a lot of you know, maybe some of you know, um, I moved across the country not long ago. I did the whole restart my life caregiver thing, Uh, you know, just uh, rebuilding from nothing. And then in the midst of that, all this content took off and with it, the podcast. And I... I had this mix of passion for all of this uh, mixed with a hatred for the job that I had taken on (laughs) in this new start over. And combined together, it just kind of led me to take a uh, somewhat impulsive, just big leap of faith into the freelancing world. So I could really just dedicate myself to content and just messing around and doing the kind of stuff that makes me happy, uh, has a lot less Karen energy throughout my day, which for those of you who are listening, when I was working that job, uh, you know that I affectionately referred to it as Karen headquarters. And I think if any of you guys were able to spend a day there, I think you would probably agree. Anyhow, the point of all of this is that I took this big leap of faith and it has worked out. Um, it's working out currently I guess all I can speak for is the current moment Um, but that's very much possible because of you guys just being here like whether it's like you know emotional support just by like listening sending me your funny thoughts over dms like comments um, listening to the patriot like anything it doesn't you know all of this um, has fed the beast of me kind of like living on a hope and a dream Um, so I'm just gonna take Like another leap of faith, I sort of had this goal that once I got to a certain point in my freelancing career, I would just give some of that back to a charity that I like. Um, I'm just going to move that up to now. I'm just going to do it. Um, As of now, I'm going to give 10% of the proceeds of the Patreon every month to a cause I believe in. And um, I'm passionate about a lot of causes. A lot of things keep me up at night. One of them especially is prison reform and prison justice. And just there's this organization that I've had my eyes on for a while. They're called Homeboy Industries, and they do incredible work in Los Angeles. Um, In my view, they do everything that is right in the world. They just they they just help tip the scales. Um, They have 10,000 people that go through their programs every year. And they help give people a second chance. They do everything from anger management classes, parenting classes, career help, help people with trauma addiction. Um, They help people focus as much on healing as developmental skills. So yeah, that's going to be as of now moving forward every month. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And other quick notes, top of the show, uh, this week's Patreon will be out on Wednesday, as per usual. You know the deal. There's an extra episode every week. It's $5 a month. Uh, You know what it is, patreon.com slash it's become a whole thing. And this week, I've got Sammy P and we are going to be getting into Jamila Jamil, our girl JJ. Um, We're going to do a deep dive on all the drama that has followed her to the internet and beyond. That's... I'll say for now, I'll, I'll post a bit more about it uh, on social media as the time comes. Who am I, social media? What, like, where am I going to post on, on, on Facebook? No, I'll be posting on Instagram. Maybe TikTok too. We'll see if I'm feeling brave. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Other than that, if you're new here or you haven't taken a moment, if you like what you're here, I would so very much love if you could subscribe, download the episode, hit me with a little five-star review you know the drill. I ask you for it every week. And every week um, I see us trucking along. I see the ratings going up and it just, I don't know. It it warms my cold, dead heart. Um, So thank you. And uh, all right, enough of my rambling. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay. And we're back with Reb from TikTok, um, attorney at law, just overall badass.
1: Reb, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Um, I'm not a badass, but I am an imposter. I try to be one. How to pretend to be one. (laughs) Well, I mean, you are to me. uh,
4: I think it was sort of cemented in my mind because I think one of the first videos that I ever saw of you was like you make very like Fun and funny content for some of your content, like some of it is very like poignant, uh, but some of it's just for lols, which we love around here. Uh, but you were just like goofing around, and someone's like, You don't know about the law, like some freaking <laughs> dude with no profile picture, of course. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, No, I'm a real lawyer, and then he's like, Well, I wouldn't hire you. And you're like, Do you think I would fucking take you as a client? Like, no, and I was just like,
1: Yes, yes, like yes. who at like user bunch of numbers? Nobody asked, first of all, okay, second of all. If you're going through the laundry list of attorneys that you are going to call when you get in trouble, I think several aren't going to call your ass back. No offense. Okay. I'm thinking that you're getting, if you're getting into legal trouble enough where you're over here, like judging TikTok attorneys, I think it's time to reevaluate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with my eyeliner. I think it has to do with your life choices, but to each their own.
4: Yeah. You're going to get the guy <laughs> with a tattered oversized suit. Who's like not really going to have a shit together.
1: Like that's going to be your lawyer when you need him, which you will, which is fine, <laughs> but don't start coming on my br- block me, block me. If you're pissed, yeah. block me if you're mad. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. No, I, um, <laughs> exactly. I mean, Oh my God. I need like, whatever the internet equivalent of that is, like, a bumper sticker. Like, if you're mad, move along, swiftly move along, or block me. Like, I'm good. I don't need to have,
1: like, a relationship. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. And then also, and I've said this on my account, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? And if you're not going to just shut your mouth, and you're not going to keep it moving, keep scrolling, keep it patrolling then you run the risk of playing a dumb game and getting a dumb prize. For example, a woman leaving a comment uh, one of like 10 comments on my videos, thinking that I wouldn't see, like thinking that I'm like a corporate account or some shit. Like I don't, I don't look at my comment. Like I look at my comments, like I don't respond to every single one, but I look at them and I see them and I, and I laugh at them and she's, responding so many times in a row so her name kept coming up in my notifications and i was just on tiktok at the time and i was like "What? Is, what is this woman doing and she's like a very old woman older woman which is kind of surprising because usually my demographic for people who bully me is like you know i'm like a middle-aged trump supporters like usually the guys who like really come at me like the incels from like reddit um and so i was a little perturbed i was a little surprised i was like hey girly like what like i thought it was women's for women like what's going on and she's posting comment after comment after comment for no reason on all of my videos like basically making comments about how, do you think she twirls her hair like that in court? Do you think she talks like this in court? Just like trying so badly to get like a likable comment, right? That people would like and, and giggle at, but it wasn't funny. Like I was like, I mean, you can bully me. I'm the most violently self-aware person in the world. Bully me all you want. But uh, yeah, it didn't land. Um, and so I responded to one of the comments with a video. I ended up getting like a million and something views. She emailed, oh my God. She, I, I've never talked about this. She spammed me with so many DMs and emails. She called my law firm that I worked at, which like, it's the equivalent of you like posting a fun photo on Instagram on your personal account, which is what my TikTok is. And it doesn't mention like my firm or anything. And then someone like calling your like Salesforce job over it. Like, they'd be like, what do you want us to do? And my firm quite literally goes, what do you want us to do like what what does it have to they they called me freaking out they're like what does it have to do with us I was like literally nothing she lost her shit and I'm like girly play stupid games win stupid prizes you commented and you got bodied on the internet I wasn't even that mean I just said that she was in Florida Also, <laughs> just the fact of like calling up a law firm like they're there
4: to like smell out bullshit like sort through it they're not gonna be like oh my god yes of course ma'am like we're listening yes like every comment is important to us it's like this isn't freaking like the greeters at Walmart that have to like smile and wait it's like these this is a law firm
1: and also I'm like I'm like queen I would play that video like the video response I made on the big screen in front of an entire firm meeting like an all-attorney meeting I'd be like, okay you guys to start us off like we'll giggle for the day because I have been more mean to commenters, especially people who comment like racist misogynistic heinous comments i think mm-hmm. it is very deserved again stupid games stupid prizes that they get dragged through the mud i did not drag this woman through the mud i simply responded and and she said you know oh do you think she trolls her her hair in court and talk like that you know whatever and i said and what what about it what if i do right yeah, like yeah. if i do i'm getting paid on a billable hour and it's like, I do that. I get paid on a bill of power. You do that. And you're still living in Florida. And she was like, this is cyberbullying. And I was like, where's the lie? <laughs> like, where's the lie?
4: This reminds me a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I had um, Sophie Ross on, who's like, she's just like over the internet, on Twitter. She's very like, she, in her bio, it's like snarky writer. Um, but she got into this like unintentional feud with Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset. Like didn't tag her anything. Like she must've been searching for her name. And so Christine Quinn responded and like tagged all of her employers. And she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then she said like HR at work was like, oh my God, that's so funny. I was just watching Selling Sunset. Like they thought it was hilarious. And it's like,
1: yeah, what did you think was going to happen? Like, (laughs) That's my thing is I'm like, you think that this is like a big, like other, other shoe just dropped. They don't know about my TikTok account. You're joking. Like the very first day that I started at the firm that I worked at, uh, I got a call from one of my bosses that I had not met yet. Like literally didn't even know if I was working in his department. And he just said, I'm the biggest fan. Like, <laughs> like I love your stuff. <laughs> oh
4: my God. Oh my God. Okay. Even just like beyond calling the firm, like, I don't know why emailing feels so aggressive. Like when someone takes it from TikTok to email, if it, I had, okay. Like this woman's response reminds me, I totally forgot about this actually. Cause I got it so late at night. I did this series on Bama Rush. And one of the hashtags I used was
1: hashtag Greek life, um, which I learned is what they call it. All of it was new to me. I, I am. I am a, a former Greek lifer and I can say that hashtag Greek life has been used. Pi five PPL.
4: Shout <laughs> out. Guys,
1: the Pi Beta Phi, shout out. Pi
4: Beta Phi for life. Actually, no, I probably I can't say that. I didn't go. But like I got an angry email from a man in Greece, <laughs> <laughs> an email like not a comment, not a DM. Like you can, my DMs are open on Instagram. I always say that. An email being like, excuse me, I'm Greek. I'm in Greece. And we are very proud of our Greek culture. And I would like to know why you think it is appropriate to use the (laughs) hashtag Greek
1: life. I feel like he has a lot of work cut out for him. And that is where he's drawing the line. Because- Oh my God. There are a lot more people. <laughs> Give me the email to every sorority fraternity chapter. Every, every Instagram post with a beer bong, Maddie lights, a themed party. I know my guy, you're going to put in hours of work trying to copy and paste the same email. I'm pulling for him. I hope it works out.
4: I know. I know. I was like, yeah, I hope that passion is directed like somewhere useful in your life. Like I had w- I just smoked a joint. I was like crying, laughing. Like I was like, I want to frame this. This is so funny. Of all the things I do say inflammatory things sometimes, but I'm, like of all the things, hashtag Greek life, like, excuse me, I'm writing from Greece. And like, and the, the subject line was in um Greek like characters. Like I didn't, I don't read Greek. <laughs> I don't speak Greek. How dare you? Um, I know. <laughs> I know appropriating the hashtag Greek life um anyway so uh, people
1: are um delusional but uh, but that that level of delusion I think is a level that I would like to get to one day that commitment and that that, right like descent into like out of touchness with the world I feel like I would like to be that but like the aloof way you know what I mean like the, the video of the chick who she's like what is essex you know like on love island they were explaining to her like what was the difference between a country and a continent and she genuinely had no idea like genuinely was like well what is what is like the uk like well what is you know this that they they genuinely like she didn't know the difference between any large geographical like arbitrary line landmark was and Never seen anybody look so calm and peaceful. Like she looked like she hadn't had not a bother in the world. And I'm like, I, I would like to know the same amount of information that she knows in her head. That would be great. Cause I can't sleep at night. Uh, and oh. I know the difference between a country and a continent. So that's probably the problem. I need to stop. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I know.
4: It's people like that that I'm like, wow, you're just literally you're just like out there living your life and you're just like taking in vibes. And like that is truly uh, like um I love the term like NPC. Like, I'm not a a video game player, but just the thought of like a non playable character. I'm like, I'm going to work now and now I'm going home. I'm like, I am so jealous of you, people. I'm fascinated. Like, I want to like
1: study you in a lab and also just like teach me your ways. <laughs> and, and they have the same tagline, right? To, that they give to everybody. Like, when you like click on them, they'll like say the same, you know, dumb catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, come to the market now. And then you'll like lead them to like whatever. And I would like to have like a single one-way uncomplicated purpose and to just flip a u-turn and go back and do it again and just but be very content about it right nothing too crazy not too complicated
4: yeah and just and just have like tchotchkes that are like live laugh love like unironically and just like watch the bachelor
1: unironically yeah I do think it would be a more peaceful life like wear chevron print and like <laughs> yes. statement necklaces and yes. just the most gaudy shit ever like costume jewelry all the time and serve like unintentionally serve, just just not even like picking up vibes just no vibe just your own rancid vibe that
4: somehow works oh my god I know and yeah it's not in the cards for me in this lifetime um you know, better luck for me next time in order for me. I mean, I need to be basically medicated and sedated to get through just like, you know, the day to day. Um, and also have a long form podcast (laughs) to get all of my thoughts out on top of just, you know, blabbering on to whoever will will listen in my orbit. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at.
1: I I am a prisoner to my own care and empathy and it's a nightmare. (laughs) I hate caring. I hate knowing I hate absorbing information and wanting to word vomit it to everybody else always ever. Um, but I do it and that's why I'm a lawyer. Yeah. No, you (laughs) no, but you
4: do good things and like you, you bring like a good energy to TikTok too with like, just, just really, um, like bringing in a social justice angle in a very like non-performative way, like just a very genuine, like here are my thoughts. Like it's coming from like a real bleeding heart perspective. And also like, here are the actions that like I'm taking and that you can take, like, it's very, very constructive and very real and it's very refreshing to see for me.
1: Thanks. Thank you. I mean, I, you know, I think that I have learned more from this app right? From people, regular creators, even like teenagers on this app who have spoken on extremely important current events or social issues than I did in K through 12. Like truly how much information that I thought, you know, not a lot of people knew about was so easily accessible, right? Like information that I found out through law school, you know, statistics on police brutality and, and the the demographics of prosecutors and judges and, and individuals who are incarcerated And like 16 year olds were talking about it, you know, on my for you page on their pages. And and it instilled and reinforced my belief that even if I'm preaching to the choir, right, someone who isn't part of the choir is seeing it, is going to see it. Uh, And I and I just hope that, you know, what what I do or what I speak on is, is making it to the right people who need to hear it.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's so cliche, but it's like so true for me that, and like, I'm sure you too, from what you're saying that like, if I, if I help one person, like, not that I'm like the savior with my content, but like, I do talk about like mental health here and there, throw my content a lot more on the podcast. But like, if there's just like one person that can feel a little more sane, feel more comfortable seeking out, like, Therapy meds, like whatever they need, if there's one person that's been helped by that or even just like comforted. Like I know for me in my times of being kind of like more um on my own hard times or whatever, like my podcasts like keep me company and they're like my friends in my head. So like, yeah, I think that is enough
1: and it makes dealing with any like troll, idiot, whatever people worth it. Um I think we'll, being a bigger, I think being a bigger creator, people think or like assume, right? Like not even like bigger, like, oh, like, you know, Charlie D'Amelio bigger, like Illy, but like love her. But, you know, like you have a decent following or- You or, got a million, you got a million followers.
4: You can, you can flex know, all day. You're like, a bigger cool. creator. Like
1: a million followers is like jeans for people on TikTok. I'm not saying that I don't, I downplay it because it still boggles my mind every day that I look at it. But people will, will assume, right? That like your goal and your, your, you know, fulfillment out of it is, is reaching as many people as you possibly can, right? Like you did it, like you're reaching all these people, but being able to interact in my comment section or in my DMS or, you know, on Instagram or on Twitter or, or on my email with real life people, it's not about the millions. It's about every single individual who makes up that because if one out of those million or however many is happier or better off or has a little bit more light in their daily life because of your content, I can genuinely say like I, if TikTok poof disappeared tomorrow, I would be fulfilled and I'd be happy because I did that. At least I did that, right? Like I, I, it wasn't just about me. It was about them
4: same I f- I think about that all the time and, and also because like you know th- uh, these things are fickle and like you know platforms go in and out of popularity and whatever Great. and I'm like I'm like I'm here I'm doing this now like I, I don't know what I'm g- gonna be doing down the line I don't really like care to think about it because it's just it's all hypotheticals but like yeah I do feel like um yeah the people I interact with like make me laugh so much like it's just a very good situation um I want to get into our content for the day. I want to get into our lineup, but first I have a confession to make. So when I was first <laughs> going off our, our, uh, going to off me sprint, or
1: to your audience
4: or to everybody, <laughs> no, this is to you. Well, I guess, and oh, gosh. Whoever's listening. no, it's, it's nothing terrible. Um, <laughs> I say that for the Patreon, just kidding. Um, not really, <laughs> but no. So when I was first on TikTok, I was talking about Lou Taylor, um, and how like she's allegedly a very evil person and I won't get into it now, but like for anyone who is unfamiliar, she runs TriStar Entertainment, has been very involved in the Britney conservatorship, the works of the Kardashians, all this stuff. Anyway, so I was talking about her and someone was like, you really need to watch out. She really, she sues people like all the time. And I got freaked out and I was thinking like, do I need to protect myself? And you were the first person that I thought of. I wanted to ask you about it, but I was like, she's a lawyer. Like I'm sure people are asking you for free legal advice, like all the time. I am not going to I'm not going to bother you with that because it's like I feel like there's certain professions like hairdressers like lawyers like where people just corner them like oh my god and like assume that like they'll give them their free labor so so I made a mutual story I made like a friends only on TikTok just being like just putting it out there to whoever wants to answer um what do you guys think of this and you actually answer I was like okay <laughs> this is the best I case. did okay yeah
1: yeah. yeah I remember that I'm like wait I, I feel like I commented on that I feel like I did you did. I was like, you're Gucci, like just like make sure I have a disclaimer or whatever. She's limited to her purpose of public figure. Because it wasn't like I wasn't providing like specific attorney client privilege legal advice. It was like a general notion and a question about the law. Right. Like yeah. we can answer those without yeah having issues
4: yeah Yeah. it's a very it's a very light confession but it was just like it was such a nice moment because I was like I feel like I've
1: done I'm so happy you saw that (laughs) I hope my answer was good I remember like I clearly remember typing because I think you and someone else who I'm mutuals with I've I've commented on their friends only post with something like that like a different girl was talking about how her boy her ex was trying to sue her for defamation and I was like nothing you said was false (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 um no, but I with you know being a lawyer on TikTok and things, people think like, oh, she doesn't give out legal advice because like she doesn't want to, or doesn't feel like it, or like she wants to get paid. Like, I love all of you so very much. Like I would take a bullet for any of you. Truly, all my followers love you all, even if you're not my followers and have just commented something hilarious. I adore you automatically. I have a law license that I would like to keep. And um, there are ethical rules that come with being an attorney. That are many and plentiful. And people, what people don't realize is that unfortunately for someone like me on TikTok, I can't, and no one can, who's a barred attorney, just give out fact-sensitive legal advice to people like that aren't just general notions like about Miranda rights or like your constitutional rights or whatever without the risk, even though I say, oh, I'm not your attorney. If they have a reasonable belief that I created an attorney-client relationship with them and they take my advice that I give them and it goes awry, they could sue me for malpractice. Okay. So so that's why like people like, Oh, she just wants to get paid. I'm like, well, period. My (laughs) hours are billable and this app is free. Like let's keep (laughs) it moving. But it's also right. The ethical considerations of that. I don't want to give out advice that's not based on all the facts or not, you know, where I haven't looked up and really dove into what happened or the law. Right. Or if you actually retain them as a client and you realize that there are a bunch of things that they didn't tell you about that actually make it legal for them to XYZ, da, da da So, yeah. You know,
4: it, it's so interesting because it, it's a different scenario, but you're reminding me of the guest I had last week. So her name's Molly McPherson and she runs a PR crisis control firm, like works mostly with like. That's- Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Um works mostly with like private people, businesses, whatever, but she does pop culture stuff on TikTok, so I found her. But she was saying similar things like if you're going to be my client, you need to tell me everything and if you lie, like it's going to bite you in the ass. Like it's like it's only to your detriment and that's the only way we're going to get through this is if you tell me everything.
1: And and for your attorney, okay, and this is this can be like fucking put my name after this. That's completely fine. If you are ever in a situation where you have an attorney, whether it be an appointed public defender or someone that you retain in a criminal matter, in a civil matter, anything like that, you have the attorney client privilege. You should use it. Meaning tell them everything. They need to know everything. Don't lie to your attorney. Like we don't have like, you know, like some like therapists, doctors, they have like certain mandatory reports. We don't, we don't have that like oh i didn't know that it's like very 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 narrow exceptions where we can say anything and it's normally permissive meaning like we may report but it has to be like anonymous and like look it's it's more likely than not that we will have to keep it under lock and key in our heads and in our dreams and tears and nightmares. But the point of it being is that a lot of things go awry in pieces with attorneys who just want to like shake their clients because we're like, you just tell us like, I won't be mad. I won't yeah. be mad at you. You just need to tell me because if I don't know what is coming, I can't plan. Yeah. For the, like I can't plan. I, I can't put on a defense. I'm not going to
4: judge you. I'm not going to judge you. You know who is right. the literal judge, the literal yeah. <laughs> judge, the judge in
1: your jury, th- like <laughs> the execution. Exactly. And I think, too, like being an attorney, no matter what background you come from, you learn, I think, good attorneys learn very quickly. We don't judge anybody. I have no ground to stand on. I don't judge people for the actions that they take that are a product of so many different. Factors that I will never understand and that I I have never experienced, right? Whether it be their community, whether it be their neighborhood, whether it be family, you know, issues or or their job or, you know, a relationship or, you know, them being influenced by other people. Yes, right? People can take actions that we see as reprehensible and horrible. And like there are narrow exceptions to that where I'm like, yeah, like hurting children, right? Like things that I'll probably judge a bit, right? of yeah. it a lot, but there are so many things that yes might lead to someone having a rap sheet or having a background, but it it doesn't mean suddenly that your character is shot. It doesn't mean that just because you made a mistake in your life, that you should be thrown out, everything about your life should be irre- irrevocably changed. And that you know, I, I'm on a higher pedestal than you because I don't have a rap sheet or a background. It shouldn't be like that. And as attorneys, because you know we have to work around a lot of issues. With our clients, where you know, like, yes, they did something wrong, and they made that choice, but it doesn't mean that the book should be thrown at them for it. Because who are we, right, to to tell anybody how to live their life or to tell anybody what we would have done? We don't know. We don't know what we would have done in that situation. So yeah, and that's like
4: why I feel so passionate about prison justice and like prison reform. Like I think about this stuff, and that's and like the reason why I don't talk about this stuff on. TikTok is because like, this is the type of stuff that truly like brings me to tears. And like, it's not like I'm out here every day breaking the law, but in my youth of not that long ago, every festival season, I was out doing party favors that are not, (laughs) not of the law, not, not not in God's light, you know? So like, but because of like the way that I look
1: and, you know, privilege, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. like I am fine and yeah, because there are still there are still people of color who are still serving prison time for things uh, for for you know drug offenses or even yes. some you know regular offenses that today are thrown up on billboards and you know sold at farmers markets it's fucking absurd Fucking insane. I I was, yeah, so aware of that. Actually, um,
4: this is like I'm sure I'm sure listeners will like hear me talk about this before, but it's just just like most of the people I talk to are Americans. So this sounds so Canadian contrast, but I used to be um one of the managers of a government-run weed store it's like they're government owned in most of the provinces and so it was like bc government like like all the benefits like of of being a government employee you had to take an oath like all these things to sell weed and like uh, we had one employee actually who got upset with us cuz we were joking in the training and we're like government drug dealers but we were like well we are like what
1: <laughs> what are yeah. what are you then
4: yeah what are we we work for the province of british columbia and we are dealing drugs um but anyhow so all that to say, yeah, I'm not judging either. On the contrary, I'm just kind of like I, like I won the lotto of like just being born into this like privileged position in life, um, and the least I can do is like try to tip the scales back a little bit. But I'm still like trying to figure out how to do that. Um, but anyhow, I want to get into. Do you want to say
1: these case studies? Like, <laughs> yeah. So when you reach out to me to do the podcast. You mentioned that people who are invited on are kind of able to drive the topics that are talked about, whether it's something that they're really passionate about. Um, and I'm passionate about a few very niche legal myths, whether it be about cases, famous cases that we know about. The first one that I'm going to talk about is the McDonald's hot coffee case. Okay. My girl, Stella. Okay. Justice for Stella. In yeah. the 90s, we've all heard about it. Oh, this woman, you know, spilled hot coffee on herself and sued McDonald's and got millions. Like she was just, she's just the frivolous law, lo- the poster child for the frivolous lawsuit. And let me tell you what, Stella, get behind me because I'm gonna I'm talk about exactly why she should have sued. She absolutely should have won and she did win. And I'm, and we, and we're we all gonna, you're all gonna feel bad about it because I grew up thinking, I knew about this case, right? Like I, in the early 2000s, it happened in the 90s, but I remember being a kid. And thinking like, oh, yeah, because America has this reputation for being litigious, right? Like frivolous yeah. laws. We sue for everything. We, we slip and fall, quote unquote, and then we sue for everything. And and I'm going to put some justice on her name real quick. OK, let's let's
4: get into it first. We're going to bring justice to our girl Stella, because um, while I did grow up with the misconception I think most of us had, I don't know where it was like some weird forum that I had read about the actual truth of this case. But I want to hear it from you, because this is like this is a story worth telling
1: yeah i mean um <laughs> essentially okay the mcdonald's hot coffee case the case was filed in 1992 but let's take it back okay what we know about it what was on the headlines international news was that oh this woman right went through the drive through at mcdonald's she ordered a hot coffee she received a hot coffee she spilled it on herself and sued because she got some Bernie Burns, okay? Because what are you going to do? Spill hot coffee. She sued and got millions, okay? Was awarded millions by this jury, and and she was just dragged, right? Like, in a very tongue-in-cheek way. in On international news, basically, like I said, she became the poster child for quote-unquote frivolous lawsuits. For, she was uh, a laughing you know, stock. A, she was a laughing stock. Like, literally, like, I, it was on NBC it, it was everywhere. It was on the Today Show. Them talking about how this woman... Right, is just looking for, like, wanted to get her bag. Right, she saw a hot coffee opportunity and said, Let me tip this over real quick. But oh my good God, y'all are gonna feel bad. And I also wanna fight anyone who said that. In 1992, Stella Liebeck, okay, was a 79 year old woman. All right, all she wanted to do was get some goddamn coffee, okay, get a cup of Joe in the morning. So her grandson, her cute little grandson, drove her to go through the McDonald's drive-thru as millions of people do every morning to get a coffee. She, sitting in the passenger seat, she wanted to put some cream and sugar in her coffee, but they were unfortunately driving in a a 1989 Ford Probe, which did not have cup holders. I think she should have sued Ford anyways. (laughs) So her grandson parked the car so that she could do that. So she put her coffee between her legs right like balance it between her knees and went to take the lid off and ultimately it spilled right there was some fumbling everyone's done it it spilled she was wearing cotton sweatpants which absorbed the coffee and therefore held the 180 degree liquid against her entire groin area thighs and buttocks for 90 seconds at least. To give you an idea of how bonkers that is, the American Burn Association says that 180 degree liquid in about two to seven seconds, you have third degree burns, two to seven. And she was sitting there for 90. Wow, It was dangerously hot, obviously, she had third degree burns over 16% of her entire body, including her inner, inner thighs and genitals. The skin was burned, trigger warning the skin was burned away to the layers of muscle and fatty tissue. She had to be hospitalized for eight days and she required skin grafts, other treatment during this period. Stella lost 20 pounds during the time she was in the hospital reducing her to weighing only 83 pounds total. Okay, this poor elderly woman. She suffered permanent disfigurement and was partially disabled for two years. Let's fast forward. This lovely, kind woman that I would like to hug, but I cannot, she is no longer, rest in peace, Stella, put some respect on her name. She respectfully reached out to McDonald's on her own, okay? Okay. After looking into it a little bit, like a smidgen, and finding out that 180 degree liquid to be handed over with a flimsy thin lid and barely a warning in the drive through is, is a hazard. Like that's not like you cannot, if you can't sip it from jump, you cannot drink that like 180 degrees, no matter what, even if you went like, like that two to three seconds, it's, it's 30 degree words. She reached out to McDonald's and asked for $11,000. Which would cover her medical bills. Like that was it. Later, someone convinced her, like, okay, you need to ask for a little bit more for pain and suffering. So she said, okay, um, do you mind if you just give me $20,000? Like, right, like McDonald's, please, like this was kind of your fault, Uh, which would be uh, only around $42,000 today. So $20,000 in in 94. McDonald's said, go fuck yourself. Here's $800. And she said, Okay, I'm gonna go find an attorney, and so she found an attorney, who then again went to McDonald's with the most gruesome photos of her injuries, mind you, right? Gruesome. A juror at the trial, who ultimately was at the trial, basically said that after seeing the photos, he went home and told everyone he knew and his family to like never open open a coffee lid like in the, or don't drink coffee in the car because he was like so like holy shit about it because he it was it was bad. And they McDonald again said, no, we don't want to settle. The attorney said, no, please. Like she doesn't want to go through this long lawsuit. She's an old woman. Can you just give her some money for how hot this coffee was? It was unreasonably hot. This was gross negligence. The lid was flimsy and it did not at that time. And in the early 90s, the warnings were like this big, like tiny, right? They weren't as big as they are and all over the cup. Uh, They said, okay, how about we settle for like 90 grand? McDonald said, no. A mediator. Suggested, how about you settle the case for 225 grand? Like a mediator, a separate uh, appointed yeah. judge that they hired said, Yeah, this is like a pretty big case. You should settle. McDonald's said, Nah, we're good. McDonald's, which at that time, okay, in two days, McDonald's in 1994 made $1.35 million for coffee revenue alone. Yeah. And they couldn't give this old, like as their, as their in-house counsel, I would have been like, give her the money. Like, this is Benny. Yeah. Like, what? why would you? So she was basically right. And this, this was like, not, this wasn't even the first case of its kind. She was just the most famous and her case was blown up into this notoriety because the jury decided, oh my God, she needs a lot more than she's asking for because this is bad. Basically, why did McDonald's, right? Like, why did McDonald's, like, fumble the bag? We, I would love to know. During the trial, they found out, okay, because, like, corporations, fuck corporations, we all know, I mean, you know, you represent them as an attorney all the time, and you will be the first one to say, like, we have to tell them all the time, hey, don't do that. It's illegal. You can't do that. And if you do it and you choose to do it, like there are going to be problems.
4: And it's not but- even like, and it's not even like you can convince them to like be a good person, but you have to like no. put it from the perspective of like, maybe you'll save money because you won't have this bad of a reputation. Like you can't just be like, be, be, yes. have a soul. That's not even yes. in the cards. You just have to be like, that's, look, that's revenue. So
1: sad. That's cost so benefit. Sad. Yeah. This financially and morally was on the side of pay her off you know what i mean like i'm like i'm like yeah. the evidence that came out during trial was worse publicity they had to pay off more money obviously during trial it came out right because mcdonald's acted like oh this is just a fluke like that was their defense right there they put yeah. on this whole defense but like the pr campaign low-key worked, right we all thought oh like the, the old oh, hot coffee like i mean not not in the trial but like on the news and stuff we thought oh this woman with the hot coffee right she's like poured it out it was just a little bit hotter. Was this McDonald's funded, like the
4: PR campaign?
1: I don't, I think, no, I think that McDonald's like, just like, because their defense that they put on in trial that didn't work, right? That this was a fluke and a one-time thing and their coffee isn't really that hot all the time and this was that woman's fault. So much evidence came out that like proved that wrong. But yeah. then the only thing that you heard about in the news was like McDonald's defense. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because- like, I didn't know, for example. Like, no. I thought, oh, like, oh, their their coffee was hot this one time. McDonald's had a company-wide policy of keeping their coffee at between 180 and 190 degrees for reasons untold. I don't know why, and they didn't really explain it either. Experts, like, bought coffee from, like, uh, hundreds of hundreds of different places, whatever, all these different restaurants, chain restaurants, all that stuff. And McDonald's coffee was 30 to 40 degrees hotter than coffee served by other comparable companies. And McDonald's, of course, okay, because companies lie. I know, I'm sorry. Trigger warning, companies lie. I think you guys Trigger are like,
4: warning, capitalism is slowly killing all of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's working and killing us. McDonald's had seen these exact type of burn injury scenarios many, many times before because of how hot it was. In fact, over 700 people, including children, had come to McDonald's because of how severe their burns were. And McDonald's had basically gaslighted all of them into settling their claims for their scalding injuries for like $500,000 or like less, like total. So they just like gaslighted the fuck out of these people. Like, oh, like, hmm, it was hot coffee. What are you going to do? You're never going to win. All this stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But even after 700 cases of this, right? Like, you would think, oh, there's a pattern. McDonald's was like, no, we're not changing our policy because it's our policy. We're loving it. So this woman, okay, this poor woman, obviously, who just wanted her medical bills paid, she's 91 at this point, right? She's severely disabled, all of this. The jury awards her 2.7 million in punitive damages, okay? Which means, like, essentially, it was meant to penalize McDonald's. Yeah. Okay, for like doing all this and then and not correcting their behavior and knowing it was causing all this harm and just saying, oh whatever, it's business. Uh, and then two hundred thousand in compensatory damages. It was lowered later. She ended up getting a total. Okay, total six hundred and forty thousand dollars, which is the equivalent of about one point two million dollars today. Okay, which when you think about everything I just said, that's like that track. She's permanently disfigured. Yeah, yeah, disabled. And in in those kinds of areas, plus the pain and suffering, emotional stress, he's old. As an attorney, like those damages play. Like that makes sense. If anything, I would have asked for more. Right. And she,
4: news coverage immediately. Well, okay. This is my tin hat theory. Okay. You've done your sound research. This is not research based. How many? I could just imagine a scenario where they're kind of like covertly putting money into the PR that starts with like local news stations or whatever just yes. to discourage more people from suing like so that this laughingstock idiot woman like look at her ridiculous can you believe she's suing mcdonald's for coffee it's like i would not be surprised if that was like from them and if it was then i'm sure then they probably put more money into that than like helping our girl stella rest in peace
1: right and this look this is my opinion not legal facts okay it it, that tracks yeah yeah
4: so this is so random but like one of my favorite podcasters heather mcmahon she's like comedian podcaster she's amazing um she like i think two years ago was getting a coffee from mcdonald's and they handed it to her by holding it from the top and this is in her words. she's like the whole thing spilled i burned my grundle she, I love what she called her Grendel. I've never heard that anywhere anywhere else. But I she's like, that. she's like, my taint is scorched. Um, I'm gonna figure it out. And then all she, and then she's like, guys, I promise to follow up, but like all I'm allowed to say is like we settled and like I can't say anything more. I'm just like, so this is like this is still going on, but like she's well off, she's fine, and like obviously is had very much was in her rights to like pursue justice, but like just th- to make someone a laugh, it's just like the actual definition of like insult to injury because like we're we're literally like insulting her like we're
1: like in elementary school being like haha um yeah. and-, and now there's so trust me when I tell you like I've worked on cases that I can't talk about there that that have settled right and p- part and parcel of the settlement I am aware of cases that have occurred on airplanes that happens a lot if you can imagine I'm sure flight attendants will attest or like nod their heads and then shut their mouths because they can't talk about it uh or they can who knows I don't really know um an international flight, right? And within the first hour of the Bev cart going around, you get your groin area as a man burnt to a crisp. You have to sit on that plane for the next 12 hours. Yeah. Right? Yeah, And and just and deal. Yeah. Delta
4: probably just has like, yeah. So they have a little fun set aside for all the dicks they've burned. <laughs> they just want to like not yeah. make a big and- <laughs> trial out of it. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: And, you know, uh, I will say I have seen too many burnt, flaccid penises than I ever needed to see in my life. It's photos taken in, like, you know, uh, an airplane bathroom. Right. I'll just say that. So that
4: was probably not on the like bingo card when you were applying for law school, I'm assuming, or maybe you knew that was coming. No, I,
1: I you know what? It wasn't on mine specifically. It was not on mine. I was thinking something <laughs> less traumatizing, like a dead body, right? Like that's less traumatizing to me than, than a held up scrotum in an airplane bathroom, like selfie mode. I swear on my life. And, and like, I can't get into it, but if I could just, just let me look. This is the problem with attorney shows, you know, like anyone being an attorney, follow them around day to day life, whether it be suits, whether it be how to get away with murder, whether it be she-hole, Katrina Law, is nothing will ever be as fucking bonkers as reality ever. Because if they made it as bonkers as reality, which obviously attorneys, like, we can't talk about or tell you about all of the most insane, dumb, ridiculous screenplay ass. Opera, soap opera shit, right? That goes down that would just be like Oscar, Emmy, Egot, right? It would just win every award because it would be so crazy based on the true story. We can't even dance around like the storyline, like turn client privilege. Like we literally just can't unless the person, the client, like agrees to like disclose their story, whatever. Like the actual shit that has gone on that's even crazier, no one would believe it. Like everyone would be like, this is so cheesy. There's no way this ever happened. And it did. All of it did. The story of me, like I saw two flaccid dicks, like within like the first like a year of me practicing color photos, like, and no warning either. It was like me flipping through a stack of papers and I was like, what in the mother of God? And I had to like go walk down the stairwell and both of those cases, like the related cases, whatever that had to do with it are so fucking ridiculous. It really made me think, wow, I could never have thought that I would have pulled this card of like flaccid dicks that is going to be your niche (laughs) (laughs) groin injuries, baby. And I'm like, why me, me four years ago would have been like, what? Wait, really? That's what you're doing? Like, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we are. It's okay. I mean, you're doing a good job. I'm like, I don't want to do a good job. I don't want to be good at that. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah.
4: I don't want to be the justice for dicks girl. (laughs) And, and literally I was the justice for
1: dicks. (laughs) I was like, more money.
4: Well, not all heroes wear capes, you know. And this is
1: what I do it. I let's just say that in my mind, I'm doing it for Stella. Okay, our girl Stella Beck, because she passed away in 2004 at age 91, and her daughter made me want to cry. According to her daughter, quote, the burns and court proceedings and news outlets had taken their toll. And then the years following the settlement of like one point, whatever, 1.2 million, Liebeck had, quote, no quality of life. She said the settlement had paid for a live-in nurse. Ugh. Fuck McDonald's. Like, yeah. fuck that shit, man. Like, and I'm not saying fuck McDonald's because like these things happen, they, pay, you know, whatever. But I'm like, you made her go through that trial. Like, well, you couldn't have just thrown her the money. That's why settlements exist. Like, why did she have to do that?
4: No, they've done it. They did that. They subject us to what a decade of Justin Timberlake like having to hear his voice. You know, didn't he write the theme song like I'm loving it? Was it was that him? Yeah. Was just, yeah. 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 More Justin Timberlake than we uh than we would have gotten. And that's just yeah. I mean that's part of the list. That's enough for me. Um, okay.
1: So, so if you, you know, so all I ask is that you guys just say a little prayer for my girl Stella up there and, and, and I hope she knows somewhere up in the sky or wherever she is or whatever she believes in that we're trying to do right by her yeah. and she was a victim and she got her bag in the worst way, yeah. but we know yeah. her story. We know the real story, Stella. Yeah. Love you. Uh, I
4: am with you. I'm yeah. I feel like empowered to go. I don't know. Like. <laughs> run out into the streets and tell people a story. Although I guess, well, now it's being put out to, you know, whoever's listening. Um, Okay. So I want to move on to our next little like fact, and maybe some of you listening, that's what you're here for the pop culture stuff. Although I think kind of like debunking common myths just show us like how much of like all these pop culture things are just stories. And a lot of the stories are like things that are planted. Um, But I want to talk about something that's very adjacent to um the family that I cannot stop talking about for better or for worse um the OJ trial and by the family of course I mean the Kardashians. I'll just say part of why I'm so fascinated by them is because their fame was built on sex, drugs and murder like basically. I mean allegedly and maybe not so much drugs but sex and murder. Like they got their fame from Robert Kardashian at the time, Chris Jenner's husband or ex, you know, involvement in the OJ trial. And then it was that paired with the daughter sex tape that launched them. And now they're like America's first family. And the, the whole phenomenon is like, to me, they're a case study in marketing, um, the law. Any any category of life, uh, so
1: I, I compare it to like uh, the whole story about how Twilight wouldn't exist if nine eleven didn't happen. It's like no, it's a fact. Oh, know I've people seen. i like, like what? I've yeah, because, because because like the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, like watched the towers go down, and he was so inspired that he like started this band and wrote a bunch of these songs. And then Stephanie Meyer, the, the author of Twilight, like listened to that album that was inspired by 9-11 all the way through, which inspired her in the middle of the night to like think of Twilight. Like, and that's why Twilight exists. Because, right, if you go back in the chain link, the original yes. chain was like 9-11, which makes no sense down the line. But it does, because everything links in a very weird way. And I think um, the Kardashians are just such a, a pinnacle example of that chain link celebrity yes life where you can point to so many things that have increased their fame and then blown them up even more even more even more but when you go back to the og links it's literally a murder trial a sex tape and Right, I guess with Chris Jenner her being married to an Olympian, that played a part into it and they're they're obviously split up now.
4: And also Chris Jenner's best friend at the time getting brutally murdered and obviously her feeling incredibly sad about it but right. then also like wiping her tears and being like I'm ready to write a book and do interviews like Right. That is bizarre. the reality. Uh, well, bizarre but like not if you I guess view that whole universe from my lens which is very sinister, but so, like, it was this groundbreaking trial, the OJ trial. It's still so talked about today. There's been so many, like, movies, shows, everything, so many think pieces. I'm, I'm interested in any sort of knowledge or, like, misconceptions. Just your perspective as a lawyer of, of this trial. Or,
1: like, fun, fun, I guess. I mean, nothing is fun out of a murder trial. Yeah. But it's it's, I guess, like, a lesser known fact.
4: We'll say interesting facts.
1: Yeah. Interesting, right? An interesting fact out of the O.J. Simpson trial, which isn't just the O.G. facts that you think of, which is like, oh, you know, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. It's something a little less catchy than that. Um, is that Nicole Brown Simpson, which I like to call her Nicole Brown, to be honest, because, like, come on, you know? Yeah. Nicole's um, 911 calls previously before her unfortunate murder um, to domestic violence crisis shelters, right? Women's shelters or her diary entries, literally in those calls and in those diary entries detailing the abuse that she had suffered physically from OJ were not allowed in and were not admissible as evidence into the trial. Unfortunately, it was just never known or realized that the way that her diary entries were and the way that her 911 calls were, were that they were qualifying as hearsay, which I don't know if people know this. What is that? I'm gonna give you a little crash course. Hearsay, the definition of hearsay, right? Which everyone, Johnny Depp knows hearsay. No, he fucking doesn't, okay? He was on the stand for like two fucking days. He doesn't know hearsay. You don't know hearsay. None of you would know hearsay except for if you actually learned it because hearsay is hard as fuck, okay? Trust me when I tell you it was hard to learn and it's hard to get right. It's hard to get straight. Listen up hearsay is any statement made out of court, meaning not in this trial, right? Not testifying right now made by the declarant. So the person who is like speaking, okay, which also applies to like writing and it is offered as evidence in the trial for the truth of the matter asserted in the statement. I know that makes no sense, but give me a second. For example, give you an example right now, me and you are talking on this podcast, right? Let's, let's imagine that it's court. I want to tell you about what Nicole Brown Simpson said in this 911 call, right? I want to offer that as evidence on this podcast. She is the declarant. She's the person speaking. She made that statement out of court, meaning not in this podcast, not right now. I am offering, like submitting to you that call To tell you that what she's saying is true. Like, I'm offering it as evidence. So, the difference between something offered for the truth of the matter asserted, let's say in the call, she said, OJ is beating me. I want to offer that evidence, that hearsay statement for the truth of the matter asserted, which is that he's beating her. So, like, I want to offer it as proof that he beat her by her saying that. That is offering something for the truth of the matter asserted in the statement. The difference between hearsay and non hearsay often is if I want to offer the statement and Nicole Brown Simpson made at her wedding to OJ, where she said, I do during the ceremony to establish that they got married, right? That is a statement made out of court, out of this podcast. I'm not offering it for the proof that she wanted to do this. I'm simply offering it. Because the words I do stand for a legal principle that a marriage has occurred. And so I'm not saying that she actually, in her mind, definitely wanted to do this. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she had cold feet, but she was just forced to do it. I don't know. I'm making up a story. That's the difference.
2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
4: So if I've understood this correctly at the time, let's say you're trying to bring things forth to prove your point. So tell me if I've got this or not. If you bring forth, like, let's say an object, like, a physical object and you're like, this is proof that this happened. I photographed this on the scene that could count. But if you're like, someone said this to me that this happened, like, or she made this call that's hearsay.
1: And that was not admissible. Is that, is See, that it? But this is, this is where, cause people will think, oh, well it's hearsay. Oh my gosh. So it's not admitted. Hearsay is admitted into court all the time because under the federal rules, there are 29 exceptions to hearsay and like eight, or nine exclusions to hearsay, meaning that the way that a lawyer or a judge or a law student goes through the analysis is something can be by definition hearsay, but be let into court because you say, okay, this is hearsay for sure. Right. For example, like if you want to say, oh, this person told me, like she said, the bloody lives on the ground and you didn't say it, but someone told me that the bloody lives on the ground. And, I, and, and you're like, oh, that's hearsay, right? That's hearsay. Okay, does it fall under one of the exceptions or the exclusions? And 29 exceptions is a lot. Trust me, law students will be like nodding aggressively and going, yeah, it's a lot to remember. Many of them basically capture like a lot of the hearsay that we think of. For example, right? If someone told you, yes, the bloody knife's on the ground, that could be considered a present sense impression, which is someone describing in the moment what they're seeing as it's happening, as, to, as like a crime is occurring. Okay, that's just one example. So like, even though they are hearsay, we still let them in. Mm-hmm. Just because they're hearsay doesn't mean that they're out. So it's the same thing as like saying like, oh, like that top is really fucking ugly by definition. But an exception to it being ugly is if it's camp. So yes, it's ugly, but it's camp. So we let it in. Does this make sense? Yes. Like we literally.
4: Yes. Yes. (laughs) That was like
1: the first thing
4: I thought of. No, no, no. That's a perfect analogy. And so, like, within all of this, now we're like relatively up to speed. I'm only saying that because I guess I'm going to find out what I've what I know or don't know. But what was the element of this of this trial and within this that changed that changed the game?
1: Right. So the issue, right, with hearsay is the reason why we don't allow, you know, a lot of hearsay into court for criminal trials, especially, okay, is because there's something called the Confrontation Clause in in the U.S. Constitution. It basically means and says that you have a right as a criminal defendant in a criminal trial to confront your accusers, which seems like a very basic, obvious principle, right? So, like, that's why, right? Trials, like witnesses show their faces, right? Like they have to testify. They have to get up on the stand. It's the whole thing. Because as the defendant, you have the right to be able to see who who is, you know, saying the things that they're saying against you and be able to cross-examine them. The right to cross-examine a witness. You have to have that ability in order for it to be a fair trial. It's all due process, okay? So the issue with hearsay in this case, in this trial comes in. Where a declarant, meaning the person who was speaking the hearsay, in this case, Nicole, is unavailable to be cross examined. Um, her journal entries, her diaries, and these in now on calls, where she's like specifically d- detailing exactly what he was doing to her, had done to her physically, abusively. Unfortunately, because she wasn't available to be cross examined about those statements, right? Those prior statements prior to her murder, it couldn't be admitted into evidence. Because it didn't fall under an exception that accounted for the confrontation clause and allowed for that in California. And so the California legislature, because of this trial, made a rule, new rule that I had to learn in 2020 for the California Bar. So and it literally like in the actual, like I'm looking at it right now, when it explains kind of, you know, how the law operates and how it works. There's a section called background, and it literally says, In the Nicole Brown Simpson case, the court refused to admit seven hearsay statements by the victim, one of which was a diary entry. However, the court did admit nine hearsay statements which were corroborated by the observation of witnesses and which tended to prove the violent nature of the Simpson relationship as well as identity, intent, and motive. Therefore, the fact that very credible evidence of a defendant's motive for murder cannot be admitted into evidence is a nail in the coffin for the credibility of the courts. Nicole Brown Simpson made statements in her diaries and to friends in order to tell the world who her possible future murderer might be, she probably did not know that an archaic legal rule would keep a jury from hearing this
3: relevant evidence.
1: Like, does that kind of give you chills? Like, I'm like... It really doesn't.
4: It's just... I am not a lawyer. Spoiler shocker. Um, but I just... I find these things... Like, I don't want to say riveting because I'm not, like, trying to glorify it. Like, I just... I, I kind of hate the, like true crime industrial complex of like I feel like things have gone so far where like there's people that cover these things respectfully and then there's people that cover in a way of like coming up next like sponsored by and it's just like whoa, whoa, whoa like this is, these are real people like let's not forget that but everything about this case is it's like canon of our culture like it's changed our culture and both pop culture and like so interestingly that it's also like brought up in in law school but also like just situationally bigger picture that it was placed within like a pressure cooker of these incredibly tense like race uh relations and like you know racial divides and played into this trope of like this really horrific unfortunate damaging trope of like black men are the aggressors to these like nice blonde white ladies. Like that is this imagery that has like haunted North American culture. Um, This is one circumstance where it seems it's like, I think everyone kind of probably already has their opinion on what it was, but like, there's so many instances where it's completely unfounded, but just people just fall back on the trope. So it, it was just like at the cross section of just
1: pressure from so many sides and well i think i think these you know that trial is is one of so many that are very much affected by the celebrity of it or the shock and awe of it or you know it gets bogged down in the media by these details or this big picture or this big narrative, right? It's a big play. It's a big production put on by the defense and this high profile, expensive defense team who are all different personalities and they all had a different, they're they're all playing a different character and then the prosecution and, you know, she Marsha got her haircut and every, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And none of it fucking matters. Like none of that shit fucking matters. And the only people in the room, it feels like, who are actually cognizant of the lasting negative or, you know, sometimes positive effects of these trials are the people who are in the law, who are lawyers or the clerks or the judges who are seeing how the way these trials work and what evidence gets in and what doesn't, right, can spin The way more trials and more domestic violence victims are treated in the courts, and what evidence they're allowed to put on and not put on, and and you know, yes, we've heard a million times, right? Like the victims are always the ones like who who are left behind because it's all shock and awe, it's all theater, and nobody ever cares about the victims. And obviously, you can say that about this trial one hundred and fifty percent. But in this specific case, in this specific scenario, I didn't know that this rule existed because of the legal brown case wow. i didn't know that and yeah there are a lot of right like maybe like rules you can say oh that was used in this trial but no the california legislator itself in the actual text of the bill said no yeah she was the reason why we passed this that trial and her actually taking the time to detail and to tell a piece of paper and someone on the other end of a phone who her abuser was should not be ignored and should have been heard in a court of law. If if there's anything positive that can come out of a trial like that, when so much is negative, I would like to and hope to and pray and think that she played a part in making our system a little bit better. And yeah. she didn't even know it, which you know she shouldn't have known it. But yeah, it, it makes you like sad for humanity, but it also gives you a little bit of hope that there's someone behind behind the door going, I'll fix that. Like, let's just fix this really quick.
4: Yeah. And it's like these big trials that like make everyone pause and be like, holy shit, like look at all these little details. And like, for anyone who's been listening from the beginning, I feel bad for them because they've had to hear me bring up the Manson family murder trial. Like, I don't know how many times I'm sorry, guys. Um, My friend Sam, who's the co-host on the Patreon, she's always like, oh my gosh, shut the fuck up. But like the reason why it's imprinted on me was because reading the book that was um, written by the lawyer who represented the the victims like reading his account of everything and just how many times basically almost everyone got off with zero consequence because of like how they mishandled everything it like changed the way that I view like law public perception news like everything he was like we were like within a hair of like just everyone got off scot-free despite the fact that it was like literally the most dramatic like way that this these murders could have gone down like in this like ritualistic um slaughter of like big stars of the time and that fascinated me and also what fascinated me about it was that it just it took this decade of like the peace and love like hippie movement and kind of like put a record scratch on it because people were like wait hippies are murderers like wait wait what and it just like changed it like immediately the zeitgeist like just shifted like from this trial and so that Mm -hmm. stuff like. Captures my attention so
1: much, and it's it's so crazy when you you know living through historical events is not fun. I don't know. I think every single person living at, at and millennials to listen to this podcast will say <laughs> will say yeah no it's not a fucking breeze it's not a breezy breeze. um But
4: actually, actually, I'm saying at millennials. Actually, everyone we've all had to we've all seen some shit.
1: <laughs> if there's a boomer or a zoomer or anybody on this podcast who's listening, like you've been through some shit too. Like we've all been through it. Uh, but it's so interesting in a very like horrifying way but also it just intriguing way when you can pinpoint right through the chaos and madness that no one can really tie down during just you know a span of 10 20 30 years these moments where you were like a fissure in society happened at that point and from that point on shit was different in like so many facets of society and our culture that aren't even really connected straight to it, right? So for example, like the Manson murders, it wasn't just the legal criminal system, you know what I mean? Oh, like a trial went on and that was it. It was like our entire perception and view of an entire way of life was suddenly different and changed, you know, for better or for worse or because of prejudice or not. And again, you know, with like the O.J. Simpson trial, it was like, my parents talk about it. I was, you know, a kid. They talk about it of of like, oh, it was the time of like, the dichotomy of, like, the O.J. Simpson trial and then, like, the Rodney King, yes. you know, incident where, like, in you know, the L.A. riots and, like, the dichotomy of, like, the insane LAPD police brutality that was being caught on fucking film for the first goddamn time, you know? It felt like. Yeah. And then, you know, a uh, Black individual, very, very famous, very revered Black athlete being, uh, you know, put on trial. And, yes, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think, you know, a lot of people will say that there that today, if he would have, you know, been on trial again, or things would have been different, a different evidence would have come put in, he might might have been convicted. Um, he was, you know, found liable in, in a civil suit. But, you know, I don't think sometimes it means some one big picture statement on like our society. It's just a marker for when shit got weird, like when yeah. things got a little different, when you started thinking differently about our
4: system but like and it, it's like it's not even worth speculating about like how these things would have been different like if it had happened now like you're just making me think of like how much it's like situationally based like everything about the trial was affected by rodney king by the la riots like by all that and like you know, it's like, we all had to read To Kill a Mockingbird in high school. That is also like this trial that's very dramatically like evident of the times where it's like, yeah, now that would have been different. But like, it's like this moment in time, it's like this capture of like both the law and like all the like complex workings of it, but also like temperature read of us as a society.
1: And you know, it just, for me, like as someone who just spends, all my time and spent all my time as as like law students will know law school we don't study statutes we don't study like law that's passed by politicians we study cases that's all you read i read hundreds upon hundreds of thousands upon thousands of cases that's all we read cases 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 fact issue rule analysis conclusion what did the courts say what happened in this case what happened here for every single topic and it just breaks my heart because you know obviously like the o j simpson case you know In my opinion, no matter you know what what way you slice it or what side you're on of whether he did or whether he didn't, there are hundreds of thousands of black individuals and black men specifically who are put on trial for crimes against the white victim, right? Or or crimes that are boiled down to them just just existing as a black individual in a place where someone didn't want them to be, and oj right getting off i would have traded out for hundreds of thousands of more nameless individuals who deserved it i think more yeah. um just because of you know the person that he's come to be to be honest like right like yeah you don't you you don't have to be a perfect person to deserve to get off or something that you didn't do but um i think that the evidence points in a different direction and i think that he has committed a lot of he's he's done a lot of things since then that make him look like a fucking asshole especially like the book if I did it if I did it fuck off like that's what I'm like you know fucking what for anyone who doesn't
4: know for anyone who doesn't know he wrote a book called if I did it
1: if I did it here's how it happened yeah I'm go- oh
4: yeah yeah and it's like yeah and then we have you know all the people in jail for weed
1: still to this day so yeah it's 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 very So so it's just weird it's just like a weird you know obviously like I think it drew attention like that trial drew attention to, right? Like that very common instant incident, you know, uh, in, in our society that happens all the time, like a black man put on trial or, a, or a person of color put on trial simply, you know, if we for like an all white jury, like the same kind of situation. But I think that, you know, the, the celebrity of him and the celebrity of just this single individual wasn't the like calling card for reform that that it could have been and I wish it would have been
4: yeah well I mean it's like every celebrity despite what they've done like it's different it just is different like I don't know the ins and outs of it but I know that like when Paris Hilton only has to go to jail for 45 minutes because it's overcrowded I'm like Hmm. were they just randomly going down alphabetically on a list and they got to H that day? Like, you know,
1: it wasn't like, Like, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't take, like for me, I'm like, it shouldn't take a celebrity being affected by our shitty system for you to give a shit about the system because it's affecting regular people who have no one in their corner every single minute of every day. And I I think, yeah, like there's a weird dichotomy and a weird, uh, you know, line that you have to kind of balance on of like, yes, it's great. Like when celebrity voices can like raise awareness, let's raise awareness about like these things, because people are automatically going to be following them and staring at them. Right. And know about what's going on in the Paris Hilton thing. Right. Or like Paris Hilton talking about those youth camps where they, you know, took her in the middle of the night. Right? Like, I don't know if if anyone thinks I'm insane right now, then Google it. Oh, no, no. I talked a lot. Okay, about, good. Like, if you talked about it, then great, great, great. I have a very
4: nuanced view because I've definitely gotten into a lot of the things she's done wrong, but also, like, the hor- horrific trauma she's experienced. So, like...
1: But, but like, I wouldn't have even known. I wouldn't have even known if it weren't no. for her because she's a celebrity. So, it's, like, it's this weird dichotomy and this weird line that we balance of, like, it's great to wa- raise awareness and use that celebrity to raise awareness about those things and issues that you wouldn't have given a shit about otherwise. But also, it's, like... There are so many reasons and, and there's so many people who are boots on the ground in the legal system, especially in the justice system, especially who have been screening from the rooftops for like someone to care about the things that are happening to people of color and black individuals in this country. Um, you know, 12.8 percent of our entire U.S. population is black, but 38.7 percent of our entire incarcerated population is black. That doesn't fucking make sense
4: it's similar in canada with the native population like we have a a higher native population um like proportional to the the population than in the u.s but they're disproportionately like largely making up uh the the prison population and so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and i learned i mean like this is why like podcasts like these i fucking adore because the reason why i learned like america we are so like in our own bubble it's horrifying Um, I didn't know about the, you know, disproportionately impacted indigenous population in Canada until I listened to a bunch of podcasts that highlighted it. One of them, you know, My Favorite Murder, things like that, where they just would highlight those cases and talk about them. And it's not that I didn't know that there was an indigenous population in Canada. It's just that, you know, when you're in the United States, it feels like, you know, it feels like we are so specific and we are so not niche, but like, you know, known and notorious for being very horrifying to our our black communities and our and our people of color and to see our supposedly good neighbors upstairs our very polite neighbors upstairs do the same thing in our indigenous population like the police forces some people just need to be weeded the fuck out like goddamn yeah yeah you can't train right sometimes you can't train it out of people goddamn i mean yeah and like I won't
4: get on the soapbox once again, but I, I love that I'm from Canada. I have a lot of good feelings towards this country. I also have a lot of like, a lot of things to say about how awful it has been and still is. And so like, I just, I like to stop people in their tracks when they're like America, bad, Canada, great, like utopia. I'm like, no, 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 no. So much of what's going on in our country is happening. Like on the outskirts, on the, like, frozen little bit of land that no one wanted that we like put those populations in because we're like here here you go you get this you oh, pitched by-. a flag you said yeah we're doing it <laughs> by the way there's no running water but, like anyway and like no one's gonna like see what's going on here um that is like shaped our perception of like oh yeah like things are fine like and the listeners in central canada like there is more of like um kind of like interfacing in your day-to-day life with like native populations and it's like that's where so many things bubble up. And it's just like, anyway, it's, it's very much, we have a really, really sorted legacy that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, so we are not innocent and we're not like,
1: there's a lot to be done, um, all around. I, I, I mean, (laughs) being being self-aware as a Canadian, like, right. Like that's what, that's what your duty as a citizen is to Be prideful in the things that deserve to make you prideful, right? That are, that are great about your community or your society while also in the same breath saying this shit sucks because if you aren't doing that, then it's all going to go to hell.
4: Yeah. I realized that we had a real issue on our hands when, um, I was talking to someone from America and I was talking about all the native children here who have like their graves have been found like mass graves. And I was asked if I was part of QAnon um, because of, you know, the missing children QAnon thing. And I was like, okay, you know what? There is, there is a lot, uh, there's a lot, this is some news that I guess even the most unaware Canadian would be aware of, but like, it maybe just hasn't like really made its way enough to but the world. I,
1: yeah, it has. To, like, I'm, I knew about that like, okay. and I'm I, not, and I'm not, I'm not into, canadian politics like not like yeah, no, you or no, anything, no. but like no. but like i i didn't have to search that shit out i saw it like yeah. i i am aware of it it was a it is still a very big news story and but also it's like the people who would say that are the same people who are like biden sold the election like what choose which conspiracy you'd like to accuse people of and which one you're a part of because at this point
4: like yeah this was this was not even like said in a way of like malice or like they weren't you up but they were just like heard missing children they were like they oh.
1: genuinely believe they were like are that, you... like there's no way like yeah I, i'm not left speechless a lot but i was by the either they're so they're they are the aloof that like i wish i was right where they just know nothing about any tragedy ever which is very like irresponsible yes but like when they do it in a way that's not malicious where they're just like floating through life going what's a country and what's a continent like right either it's that or they're like maliciously not knowing
4: <laughs> cognitive dissonance yeah yeah and and like yeah for better or for worse that was not the hand of cards we were dealt in this lifetime you and i like we <laughs> no we were not <laughs> unfortunately the wheels just do not stop turning um so <laughs> that's we get on a podcast so that's why we have podcasts and professions where we talk <laughs> ad nauseum um rev this was so wonderful and like so i've like i've learned a lot i have to like just turn these facts over in my mind i have to go like you're gonna have to cut a lot <laughs> no, the best no but the best kind of podcast are ones where like I feel like I have to go sit in a dark room and just like contemplate like all the things that I've like <laughs> that have been like brought to my attention. Like,
1: <laughs> no, you're. Uh, I was so jazzed when you asked me to come on. Thank you for letting me get on my own soapbox and and talk about you know the things that I want to babble about that people might care about. Maybe. No,
4: of course. Thank you. No, thank you so much. And. Okay, for anyone who is not part of the 1.1 million following you on TikTok, tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Uh, go to Rebmazel on TikTok, R E B M A S E L. Uh, the same at Rebmazel on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, you can email me at Rebmazel at gmail.com if you want to, uh, you know, send me something nice or do a transcript submission or just say hello or, you know, yell at me for bullying you on the internet. Uh, Please yeah. don't. Yeah. Don't call her law firm. Yeah. Don't call my fucking law firm, please. That would be litty. Um, but other than if you that, do, they
4: will laugh at you. So don't even bother.
1: Yeah. we'll we'll have a good giggle. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, please reach out. I love you. I love anyone who reaches out and has any questions. If you want to know more about the things that I talked about as well, um, I will forward Emily some links. Okay.
4: Amazing. I'll, I'll put all those in the show notes. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you So much. You're amazing. Love you. All right, guys, that's it for today. Don't forget to subscribe, leave me a review. Heck, leave a five-star review while you're at it. Follow me on Instagram. It's become a whole thing and TikTok. And I'll see you next week. Au revoir, mes amours.
3: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.